This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Good morning, I'm Jim Lang, and welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Well, this Sunday is a huge day of racing at Woodbine as the Rexdale track plays host to both the Queen's Play Trial Stakes and the Woodbine Oaks, which pits the best three-year-old Canadian bred fillies competing for a purse of $500,000. In recent years, the Oaks has also become one of the major stakes preps for the $1 million Queen's Plates, which this year will be run at Woodbine on August 21st, Sunday's card. Besides featuring the Oaks and the $150,000 Queen's Play Trial. We'll also see the running of the $150,000 Grade 3 Hendry Stakes and the $200,000 Grade 2 Dance Smartly Stakes on the 11 race card. Joining us today to hopefully help break down the weekend's card of racing at Woodbine is Jeff Bratt, who is a host and handicapper with the Woodbine broadcast team. And today, Jeff will not only talk about the great card of racing at Woodbine tomorrow, but also what we may see at the Rexdale Oval today. Looking forward to that. In addition, well, last Saturday at the Meadowlands, friend of the show, Brent McGrath, saw his three-year-old beach class stamp himself as one of the top standard breads in the three-year-old pacing colt division. And for regular followers of the show, Brent was also the trainer of Hall of Fame pacer and multiple champion, the incredible Some Beach Somewhere, who just happens to be the father of beach class. How about that? Shortly, we will speak with Brent and talk more about the new beach and what the plans are moving forward off his recent impressive victory in last Saturday's Meadowlands Pace. Also on the show, well, the Ontario Women's Driving Championship is well into the season, and with two days of racing now in the books, driver Julie Walker sits third in the championship behind last year's winner Natasha Day and Marielle Enberg. Julie is part of the esteemed Walker family, who were one of the mainstays of the standard bread industry in Ontario, and Julie, besides driving, is also a trainer with some good success. And surely we will meet Julie Walker in Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, as she readies for the third round of the Ontario Women's Driving Championship, which will be held at the Grand River Raceway on Friday, August 12th. And finally, while he's back, host Larry Simpson will once again try to sniff out some potential betting gyms at Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, and some other North American tracks that are racing today with their Ponies Picks today, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. It's going to be a great show. So you better get your HPI and Dark Horse accounts ready to go for some heavy-duty action today. When we come back, my co-host Larry Simpson will join us as we catch up on some recent horse racing news. This is Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. More from the track when we come back on 105.9 The Region. Go from Dark Horse to Winner. Dark Horse is Woodbine's new easy-to-use betting app that brings the thrill of the track right to you. Its AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Feel the excitement of live stream horse races wherever you go. Get $30 to start betting when you sign up today using promo code GET30. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available on Android and Apple devices. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA provides members and their hardworking employees with medical insurance, pensions, benevolence, negotiations with racetracks and government government and provides vital industry information to the horse people. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. 
Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I'm Jim Lang, and let me introduce to you my co-host, the expert in all things ponies, your friend and mine. He makes the great picks. He's Larry Simpson. Larry, as always, how are you? I'm doing okay. How about you? Fine, fine. It is uh, another heat warning, hot weather, the, the teeth of the summer months, but lots of hot stuff happening at racetracks all around North America. Hot uh, racing, you could say. Yeah. Uh, hot uh, thoroughbred racing, and there's some hot harness racing as well. But uh, yeah, Mammoth uh, has a great card uh, today, including the running of the $1 million Haskell Stakes. And it's very interesting that you're seeing all these horses that were in the Kentucky Derby, like Cyberknife and Taba and White Aberio. Uh, back to uh, basically face off again. And yeah, Cyberknife's had a couple of races. Uh, Taba has not run since the Kentucky Derby. And I'm, I might say Taba was one of my picks in the Kentucky Derby. Yes. And so was yes. Cyberknife. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, I, but, and then White Aberio, he, he's uh, had some races with Ohio Derby and that. But I think it's, it's interesting that we've talked a lot about Flo Giroux, friend of the show and that, and how Flo is heading to Del Mar to ride regularly at their meet, which uh, just opened this week. And Flo is, is hanging around at uh, uh, Mammoth to ride Cyberknife again. And, and, you know, I think he's got a great shot in there because this horse looked very good when he won the Matt Wynn Stakes uh, a couple of weeks ago. So I'm sure there's a lot of listeners wondering, well, geez, Larry, why, why now? Why these races for these horses in the Derby? Well, they're they're all points towards the Breeders' Cup, okay. right? So you want to start winning some of these races, and then like the Travers is at Saratoga uh, in August, end of August, when when basically Saratoga is getting close to shutting down. There's a couple of races at Del Mar that have got points. So yeah, all, all these tracks have their big uh, uh, special day, you could say. And for Mammoth, they have one or two, and today is one of them. Um, Woodbine, how could we forget Woodbine? Well, we're less than a month away from the Queen's Plate. And we have the Plate Trial uh, tomorrow, and we also have the uh, the Oaks, the Woodbine Oaks. Which great race. It's a great race, and in the past, it's been, we've had Jim Lawson on the show a couple of times, and he said that the Oaks has been one of the top uh, races to uh, where horses are coming out of the Oaks to go into the Queen's Plate. It's becoming one of the top prep races, so there's just great racing all around, and there's great racing at Woodbine today as well. You know, so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the weekend. So with the Queen's Plate August 21st, uh, for people maybe trying to do back timing for the the top contenders, when would their last race be? Would it be this weekend and then rest for the Queen's Plate? Pretty much for most of them, this will be their, their last kick at the cat, you could say, because, uh, um, you know... It, that's only what three and a half weeks away. Yeah. So, so they need the time then. They to need the time to to recuperate, and you're going to know after this race if you're going to be paying that uh, uh, final nomination fee to get to get your horse into the plate. But uh, you know, I would say 
normally in the past, the, the Oaks, uh, usually the first, second, and sometimes the third place horse will go into the, the uh, plate, plate trial. Uh, maybe you'll get the f first and second horse, depending. There might be a horse gets into trouble and finishes third or fourth and probably could have raced better, and the trainer's going to take a chance with mm -hmm. him. So I think, going just out on a limb here, I, I think you're going to see a big field for the Queen's Plate this year. Well over 10? I would think so, and hmm. it'll, which will be nice to see because, uh, you know, I, I remember the old days, and uh, I think the, the smallest field I ever saw was when Northern Dancer won it, and I think there was only seven horses in it. Oh. But, but back in the day, you'd have 12, sometimes 13, sometimes 14 horses. So it would be nice to see a, a nice big field again. And I, I, going back, I think we had maybe 10 or 11 last year. I'm just, that sounds right. Yeah. That's a, that number sounds right. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, but we'll know better after this weekend. Well, I mean, it, we all know this. Jeff Brad is a major part of the Woodbine broadcast team and joins us today in Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. For the first time, he's now a new friend of the show, and Jeff will not only talk about a stellar card of thoroughbred racing at Woodbine on Sunday, but also take a look at today's card for Saturday. Jeff, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure. The maiden voyage, guys. Great to be with you. I'm a little nervous in the starting gate here. I'm just hoping for a journey <laughs> okay before we get to your role I, I mean we're in the middle of another heat warning and I'm, I'm curious from a role of a handicapper when it's this hot and this humid does that affect some of your mindset going into your picks do the certain horses are they better able to handle this kind of extreme heat and humidity well i think that's a great question jim i think that's one of the best things about the job that i have is we get to watch the horses come over and there's a lot of cooling stations along the way a lot of hosing going down with the horses to keep them as cool and as calm as possible. And some horses are like people. Some horses love the heat and some don't. And sometimes you could just see if they got a little bit of a bounce for their step, that's usually a good sign that they're going to run well. All right, let's uh, talk about your role now at, uh, at Woodbine. First, how long have you been part of the uh, Woodbine uh, broadcast team and uh, what does your role entail? Well, Larry, you and I were talking about this just the other day, and uh, I looked back and I said, holy smokes, 23 years. I started right out of Ryerson, and uh, yeah, I graduated, and I saw a job posting for Woodbine, and I applied, and I've been here ever since, and I love it. I, my job is I'm the Samacast host, which means I host the Samacast show, which goes up every day, goes all around the world. You can watch it online, and my job is to give information to betters that they can't find in the program and uh, hopefully lead them to making some winning bets along the way. When you're at Ryerson and you're thinking about your career as a broadcaster and a professional, <laughs> Jeff, did you ever think that Woodbine would be the path you would end up? <laughs> no. No, I did not. I did not envision it that way. But uh, sometimes life just guides you where it does. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I feel very blessed to have the job that I have. What was the attraction for you to horse racing? Well, my dad used to take me all the time, and uh, we used to go to Greenwood, and I loved that place. I used to remember watching the harness horses uh, on the picnic benches on the thoroughbred track, and then obviously the thoroughbreds would come there in the spring and then the, uh, the fall time as well, and I just fell in love with it. And uh, I actually became a fan of Stanford Racing first, and then I grew over to the thoroughbred side of the game, and I just think it's, uh, I just think it's a fantastic game, and it's just great to, to be part of it and to spend time with your family and friends talking horses. Well, one thing I know you bring up in the simulcast is the crossover. And Larry and I mentioned it sometimes as well, Jeff, that, I mean, it's 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 thoroughbred horse racing at Woodbine, but there's the crossover to people involved in the sport, fans of the sport, in entertainment, in music, in hockey, you name it. Yeah, there really is. Um, and, you know, you look back at some of the people that have owned horses, I've been fortunate to meet some great people like 
I've met Bobby Slay. He's a professional chef. He owns horses. I've had the pleasure of meeting some hockey players. They own some horses. So some professional golfers have been involved in the game as well. So yeah, it's it's got and it's when you least expected. You'll meet somebody and they'll say, "Hey, you're the guy from Woodbine, aren't you?" And then you'll find a third story, which is, which is great to see. It could be worse, Jeff. <laughs> it could be worse, right? It could be. You've got that. <laughs> Hilarious. Was there a horse or a, a race that actually sold you on the sport, Jeff? Like, said, gee, I want to be part of this game. Uh, Dan Smartly. She got me. Yeah. She, and it's, it's funny that uh, her race is coming up this weekend, as yeah. a matter of fact. So, uh, yeah, she was, she's the one that really grabbed me to, you know, be the first Canadian bred to win the Breeders' Cup. Um, you know, she was just... And the way that she ran with her head towards the grandstand all the time, looking at the fans, uh, she was the one that really grabbed my attention. And uh, I fell in love with her very, very quickly. And, of course, she became uh, the mom of a couple of Queen's Plate winners as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, she's one of my personal favorites. i got a big picture of her at home, as a matter of fact. So, yeah, she's, uh, she's one of my all-time favorites, no doubt. Well, Larry's been talking about this for a while. The Woodbine Oaks, Curlin Candy, Loaded Vixen, Moira. There is some impressive horses in this race. There really is. And what I like, Jim, is um, in horse racing, whether it's trainers, jockeys, or horses, we have the battle of the sexes every day. And you know what? You look at the Oaks coming up, and you've got Moira in this race, and, you know, she's Queen's Plate eligible, and if she runs well in the Oaks, she's probably going to go towards the Queen's Plate. And, you know, we often compare this to other sports as well. And with Moira, her comeback race, you know, she's – She's not a 100-meter sprinter. She wants to go like 400 meters, and uh, she was asked to go a little bit too short in her first career start, but what got her to the winner's circle? It was her class, and she got a nice train job done by uh, Kevin Attard as well, so she was able to pull off the victory. She deserves to be the favorite. I think she's going to be a lot better coming up in the Oaks as well. Um, it's not going to be an easy race for her. I mean, there's some pretty good competition in this spot, but uh, Kevin Attard looking for back-to-back wins in the Oaks. What about the uh, Chad Brown horse? Yeah, you know, uh, this is Jim Lang type money, $1.6 million. Whoa, they wait. <laughs> no, no, it isn't. <laughs> uh, Salabaya, yeah, they paid $1.6 million. Uh, just, uh, that's a lot of money. And um, uh, the, the horse obviously from a very nice family. But, you know, Larry, I don't know where, I don't know where she fits in the mix of things because she's never run on this surface. Obviously, she's handled the turf just fine. Um, uh, she's... Never gone off as the favorite either of her starts and against main specialty competition. She's going to take a lot of money because you see Chad Brown, you see Kazuchi Kamara. I'm kind of on the fence with her, Larry, to be honest with her. I, I like Pioneer's Edge. I know that um, she and the Fury Stakes, when she finished second against Moira, she kind of got delayed. You know, it's, it's, like, it's like when you're a car on the 401 and you're, you're looking for a lane to go, and if another car gets in front of you, uh, it's, it's a bit of an advantage, right? So... Um, I, I think Pioneer's Edge, despite the fact that she did not run well in her most recent race, I, I think she's got a shot to bounce back at a decent price. It's hard to look at the Sunday car, Jeff, and try to pick something. The Dance, Spart- Dance Smartly stakes, the Grade 3 Hendry stakes, the Queen's Play Trot. I mean, it's loaded. It really, really is. And, uh, you know, and I kind of like days like this because, for me, my most difficult thing for my job is the preparation into my show, but once the day arrives, I get to relax and just enjoy the show. Yeah. It's fantastic. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. There's so many big races, and, uh, you know, they spoke of the play trial. We should probably touch on that a little bit because there's a horse by the name of the Minkster Gym in this race, and he's trying to break the curse of the Coronation Futurity. The last horse to win the Coronation Futurity and go on to win the Queen's Plate was a horse by the name of Norcliffe in 1976 and 1977, and 
you know, he's going to go post for for a for a Hall of Fame trainer soon, I think, and Dan Vella. And, uh, you know, he's a gentleman that's already won the plate on a couple of different occasions. And uh, I really think that the Minkster is, he's the real deal. And uh, I think it's going to be tough to beat coming up in the, in the play trial stage. Hmm. Okay. Let's talk about ha- handicapping. Uh, that's a, a topic that you and I both like, eh? So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> do, do you have any... Uh, <laughs> Do you have any favorite angles that you like to fall back on? I like to ask other handicappers this, and then then I steal them. So, uh, <laughs> uh, borrow them, borrow them. <laughs> I guess I kind of have a few of them. Um, I really like playing horses that get into trouble in their most recent races. Um, it's it's now with there with there being so much uh, replay footage available on the internet and stuff like that, you can find it a little more easily. So what we mean by that a horse that maybe were delayed or they had an excuse for why they didn't run very well. Um, so I like to play that. I like to play horses that make surface changes, for example, that maybe will get onto the grass if their pedigree suggests that you know they might move up with the surface change. And one of my favorite angles is the ultimate equipment change, which is first-time gelding, because sometimes the boy horses, when they get onto the track, they don't have their mind on business, and uh, that equipment change can sometimes make a world of difference. It, the unpredictable nature of horse racing and handicapping, is that also the appeal of it to you and others that as much research and homework you do, you just never know once they leave the gate? I used to say to Jim Bannon all the time, who I used to work with for, for numerous years, I said, Jim, the one thing about racing is I never stopped learning. And that's why I love it. And that's why I think that um, it keeps people of all ages involved in the game. Because, Jim, you could walk out of here... I picked five winners. I made some money. I just feel like the king of the world. And the next day, you go over ten, <laughs> yeah. and you just feel like, "Am I reading the right program today? Or what's going on?" <laughs> so yeah, I love the ups and downs of the game for sure. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the Saturday card now. Today's card. Uh, what do you like on the card? Holy smokes! Sorry, <laughs> how about this for a stake race? The cannot. I mean you got a field of 14 horses going into the starting gate for this race. And when I first picked up the overnight, I said, okay, well, Cheryl Spites in this race. I mean, that's a slam dunk. Or should win this race for fun. Grade one winner has faced the best in the United States. And let's go. Let's go to the windows, bet the horse, and just turn the page. But then you look, and you're like, wow, post 14, the horse is starting all the way on the far outside. And there's some interesting American shippers in this spot. You've got Marcas with some horses. You've got Artie Storm, one of the best older horses on the ground. Then you have this... Brazilian bread, of all things, a Brazilian bread racing at Woodbine, Philo D. Ariana, who won so impressively last time out. Can he repeat? Um, what, I mean, that that cannot cut. That might be the best stake race we've had so far this season at Woodbine. And he had 102 buyer when he won that. Yep, <laughs> exactly. And I remember the first time that he ran here at Woodbine, he was very impressive. And you couldn't find you couldn't find him with a search warrant in those last couple of races. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he wakes up in the most recent race. So Ben, he has been Jekyll and Hyde as of late, hasn't he? So I, I like him. I, I, that's the direction I'm going to go towards in here. But I wonder if it's Jim and Larry. If it's one of those scenarios where, you know, like you're you're whatever you're betting baseball or hockey or whatever, and you just overthink things. And maybe we're doing that. Like Cheryl Spite is like the uh, back in the heyday, the New England Patriots or, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Like, are we just overthinking it, trying to beat the best horse in the race and the horse is going to win and pay $10 and we're going to kick ourselves afterwards or just overthinking it? It's a possibility. Well, Jeffy, you may have fallen into what you do and not predicted, but when you went at Ryerson, but Larry and I couldn't imagine you anywhere else. It's like that you were born to do this and we're big fans and now you're officially a friend of the show. We can't thank you enough for joining us. It's greatly appreciated. 
Oh, it's a pleasure. Long-time listener, first-time caller. So, yeah, <laughs> great to go along. And uh, my maiden voyage, I hope, was a successful one, and you guys have my number anytime you want to call back. Uh, I'd love to chat racing with you guys. Thank you for the kind words. You're more than welcome, Jeff. I look forward to it. Take care. When we come back, Larry Simpson had the opportunity to interview Standard Bridge trainer Brent McGrath, where much of the conversation centered around his three-year-old pacer beach class, who was last Saturday's winner at the Meadowlands Pace. You're listening to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Follow us on Twitter at 1059theregion. We'll be right back. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. Costa, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. Costa, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the Costa website at costaonline.com or call 905-854-2672. Ontario Racing, the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing at 15 racetracks. We are the voice of the Ontario horse racing industry, and we direct breed improvement programs, set annual race dates, and work on attracting new horse owners and race fans. Ontario Racing is committed to supporting a vibrant industry with one vision, working together for a stronger horse racing community. To get your horsepower, go to OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing, three breeds one vision. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Well, standard bred trainer Brent McGrath's horse, Beach Class was the winner of last week's Meadowlands Pace and three-year-old son of Some Beach Somewhere looks to have a tremendous future in front of him. Our Larry Simpson had an opportunity to catch up with Brent and talk about this future equine superstar. Well, last year, you may recall, we interviewed standardbred trainer Brent McGrath as he spoke about the Marjorie Simmons popular book, Some Beach Somewhere, the harness racing legend from a one-horse stable. Brent joins us again today as last Saturday's Meadowlands Pace, you could say, produced a storybook finish when his beach glass, a son of some beach somewhere, was victorious. Uh, Brent, welcome to the show. Thank you. Let's get right into it. Uh, let's talk about the Meadowlands pace. You went into the race as favorite, and beach glass, he didn't disappoint, did he? No, he didn't. He did not. He, and he really hasn't disappointed many starts in his life, really. So uh, it wasn't surprising. Okay. Um, now, he's from the last crop of Hall of Famer, some beach somewhere, correct? Okay, and the story is you bought his mother as a yearling, raced her at two, and then pulled her out of the training uh, for her three-year-old season following the death of Sun Beach Somewhere because you wanted to breed her to Sun Beach Somewhere using frozen semen, correct? Correct. Yeah, well, obviously it worked out, eh? Yeah, really. It's, uh, yeah, hard to believe. I mean, it obviously is, his death was untimely, and what we... We struggled with that for a bit, but 
yeah, with the decision to pull her out, uh, pull her, the decision to buy her, and the decision to pull her out of training the breeder. Certainly, uh, today looks like both of them look like good moves. Mm-hmm. What was it you liked about her as a yearling? Uh, what what impressed you? Well, her her look and her breeding, and I knew I knew Beach had enough crops on the ground to know that Better's Delight and him were a good cross, and Better's Delight there, Brett to Beach was a good cross. And um, and the, the maternal family on her side, Hattie, being the Hall of Famer, um, produced uh, you know three, four, five, and four maybe millionaires, and uh, you know all very good hard-hitting racehorses, and uh, you know that's what we were looking for—a really strong maternal family to uh, to have one of our own that we could raise and. Uh, and uh, hopefully get to the races someday. Okay, and obviously, Brent, the backstory is that Beach Class did something that his father wasn't able to do, eh? win the Meadowlands Pace. So does that kind of bring an end to that story now? Do you think? It does a little bit, but the other thing is, you know, how for us is how ironic is it that, that the last crop of uh, beaches we ended up with and and actually won the last Meadowlands Pace it will not be another some beach somewhere win a Meadowlands Pace and uh, quite ironic really. Yeah now is there any way I know it's tough like you try to compare hockey players from different generations or baseball players from different generations is there any way you can compare some beach somewhere to beach class? No you know not not really I mean uh, some beach somewhere just had so so few issues of any kind Mm-hmm. And um, you know he, he we, we didn't have to wait on him. So he was pretty much push button, throw the harness on him, get him to the races, and he'll do the rest. You know this guy's been a little bit more patience with him and waiting on him for developmental reasons, maturity both physically and mentally. And he had some health issues, so you know none of the, none of those things were uh, uh, were a factor of the beach. So a little bit different, but I mean it's just a matter of. Uh, uh, you play the cards you're dealt, and uh, that's what we did with uh, with B class, and it appears as though it's paying off. Right, right. And one forty-seven and two for the mile in the Meadowlands pace. Eh? That, that yeah. were you surprised with that? Did you think he could go that fast at this time of year? I did. I did. Uh, no question. I thought he was. Uh, I thought he was ready for that kind of a mile, and he had shown. You know, the week before in '48 in the piece, he was certainly comfortable there, and you know he's getting better every start. And you know he's getting he's getting more mature. He's getting more seasoned. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I did I did I did expect that. To, you know I, I shouldn't say I, I thought much about the time, but I didn't think he was I didn't think he was hung up where we were the week before. Right. That's for sure. Right. I know I know when you and I talked to set this interview up uh, yesterday, you had mentioned you know that it it took some time to get Beach Glass to the races. Maybe for our listeners. You know what was what was some of the issues, and you know why did you have to have the practice his patience to get him to 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 where he is now? Well, he had started out. He had uh, he had four uh, OCD chips. We had to remove and wait on him, and then he had some some health issues going on. We pull, I pull blood on them regularly, and and his his kidneys, livers weren't functioning quite as well as they should. Looks like he might have got a little bit. Of something in his system that he shouldn't have, and you know whether wherever he picked that up, who knows? Um, we just had to wait on him. Had to keep continually pulling blood and making sure what we were doing was going in the right direction. And uh, obviously, it was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And 
how fast do you think he could go? You know, who knows? Yeah. Uh, you know, he, I, 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 what I do know is that um, he's not, he hasn't, I, if everything stays, if he stays healthy, he hasn't reached his limit. I'm sure of that. Okay. How much faster? Who knows? Yeah, uh, yeah. $64 question. <laughs> All right, well, here's another question for you. Um, what's the future plans for him? Uh, obviously, what, the jug and Breeders' Crown? Is is that what's in, in the plan? Uh, yeah, the, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not, I don't have anything carved stone. He's in all of them. He's paid into all of them. And it'll be, it'll, he'll tell me what we're going to do. And it's just race by race with us. And we are planning on racing him next year as a four-year-old. Which we didn't was beach, but that that is our plan. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I uh, it's it's like I say, he's he's in them all. He's paid into them all, mm -hmm. and uh, he'll tell us uh, he'll tell us what we should do, and I'll try to listen. Okay, and schooner stable is it the same people involved that were within with beach, or uh, is it a, a different group for beach class? Well, there's uh, uh, Reg Pettipa and Pam Dean are not involved in. Uh, in this group, and other than that, uh, it's, it's exactly the same group, yeah. Okay, and uh, I guess one of the other side stories to this was, you know, Paul McDonnell, he was, was training beach class, and then the time to take the horse to the Meadowlands, you made the decision to uh, take the horse away from Paul. Uh, no, no, that's not, he, no? Uh, he was never training, he was never training him. Okay. He, was he was driving him. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. And Paul's, um, you know, Paul's uh, in the last number of years has done a little bit less driving and more training. Right. And you know, and it's hard. He's racing horses on Saturday night. We're going to be gone every Saturday night. Mm -hmm. And he's not in that. He's not in that clique of the. You know, most of our races are in the U.S. Mm -hmm. And that's not his. Uh, that's not his group. So he was. Um, he was um, very comfortable with the with our decision, his and mine. And yeah, it was just that the time had come to make that decision. Paul, it's hard for him to drive drive and train right. somebody's horses all week and then take off to to the Meadowlands to drive my horse. Sure. So sure. it was just a it was a you know probably a timing thing, an age thing, and uh, the time was right. Right. He, uh, he's in, like, I'm in Nova Scotia as we speak, heading back to Toronto. The horse is in Paul's, Paul's stable, and Paul's looking after him for me. Right, okay. All right. So, and Paul trains a couple of other horses for us, too. Right. So, yeah, we're, yeah, it's all good there. Yeah, good, good. Okay, now, let's just get back to Beach Glass for a minute and his pedigree. He's the first fall out of I'm With Her who's, yep. as you mentioned, is the daughter of Hall of Fame broodmare Haiti. Um, yep. What was it when you bought I'm With Her that you liked about her? Just a big, gorgeous filly and, uh, and the family and, and the breeding. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted that breed for, to, for Beach. And, uh, yeah, she, she checked all the boxes for sure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Was it difficult though to, because I guess she had raced as a two-year-old and she was getting ready to race as a three-year-old and then you pulled her out of training. Was it tough to do that, to turn her into a broodmare that maybe she would have some opportunity as a racehorse? Well, yeah, it was a little bit difficult, but at the end of the day, that's why we bought her, 100% why we bought her, mm -hmm. the breeder. And, you know, that was first and foremost, that was the, that was the important thing. And, uh, so, you know, it was, I didn't, I 
wanted to race her. But at the end of the day, I didn't want to miss this one opportunity. I had to get a baby. Yeah. Okay. Now, as far as yourself and, and your training, how many horses have you got? And, and what else have you got coming coming along right now? We have, Well, Paul has a three-year-old, William Hanover, for us. And he's got a three-year-old, uh, Cole, and a three-year-old Philly that's uh, qualified last week. Uh, he's named Hanover, another beach. And we have a half-brother Paul has for us, uh, uh, Cole, uh, by a half-brother to beach class by Stay Hungry's first crop. So there, uh, two of them are, uh, one of them's uh, ready to race, one of them's uh, sidelined a little bit right now, and the Stay Hungry Colt's getting uh, getting ready. Right. I'd say he's a couple of weeks away from racing. And I'm sure you'll be active this year at the Erling Sales again? Uh, you know, if I am, it'll be like a, looking for a filly or two to, to uh, breed to the peach class. Right. That's, uh, that's, that, will, that will be the extent of my activity at the Erling Sales. Okay. So the long-term plan with, with Beach Glass then would be to, to stand him at stud? Yep. Yeah. Race him at four to stand him at stud, yep. Okay. All right. Now, I guess final question. The name Beach Glass, apparently your wife, Rhonda, had kind of a, a hand in the naming process. Is that correct? That's correct, yeah. Yeah. And what's, what's the backstory on that? No, she just, she just uh, I mean, obviously the Beach Connection and we're, we're uh, Maritimers. So we're on the beach a lot, and she collects the beach glass. And it's just uh, just walking the beach and seeing a piece of glass that's been beat around by the ocean and smoothed off. And she collects it, and that's where the name came from. Okay, good. Anyway, well, Brent, I appreciate you taking time uh, to do this, and, and good luck with beach glass uh, going forward and with the rest of your stable. Thanks, Larry. Appreciate it. After the break, when we come back, Standard Bridge driver and trainer Julie Walker will join us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Stay tuned. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Live in Ontario? Ever dreamt about owning a racehorse? You need to take Ontario Racing's Horse Ownership 101 Virtual Seminars. Join horse racing expert Elisa Blow and learn about standard bred and thoroughbred ownership opportunities in Ontario with options for every price point. These free sessions are available in a one-on-one setting or as a group. For a list of seminar dates and to book your ownership seminar, go to ontarioracing.com horse ownership today. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. Live harness racing continues at the Meadowlands Racetrack every Friday and Saturday evening with a post time of 6.20 p.m. The Big M's Championship meet concludes on August 6th, where all eyes will be on the famed $1 million Hamiltonian, headlining an exceptional day of stakes events with a special post time of 12 noon. Watch and wager in all of the Big M's exciting harness racing action through your HPI bet account and Dark Horse app, and be part of the Meadowlands racing experience. Visit PlayMeadowlands.com for racing details. 
COSTA, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. COSTA, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the COSTA website at costaonline.com or call 905-854-2672. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Julie Walker is part of the esteemed Walker family that has made up Canadian horse racing for several decades, and besides training a string of harness horses, Julie is also a standard bred driver and is currently sitting third in the Ontario-coveted Women's Driving Championships. We will see the next leg being held at Grand River Raceway Friday, August the 12th. Julie, welcome to the show. It's a real pleasure. Thank you very much. It's, uh, uh, it's nice to talk to someone that's so interested in horse racing. Well, Larry and I are very interested, and we're also interested in your story, Julie, which is it's it's a great story of not just horse racing, but to both of us, it's a story of family. And I, I guess that's without family, there is no Walker history. I mean, how important is that family bond, not just to horse racing to you, Julie, but just your life in general? Oh, it's, uh, it's special. I mean, uh, after every race, I have someone to call or I have someone calling me to, you know, have that feedback with all the time. Uh, growing up in it, uh, you know, you learn so much from so many people in our family. Every racetrack, we we don't get to go to family events very often, but it doesn't really matter because every time we go to race, like last night I went to race and I see my cousin Vicky and I see my parents at the track and my Uncle Larry works for me and, you know, we maybe don't do regular weekend family events like a lot of families do, but we we run into each other all the time doing the thing that we Definitely, absolutely love. While you were growing up, was there any doubt in your mind that you may never get into horse racing, harness racing? No, not for <laughs> me. I mean, my <laughs> I think my, my mom and dad wanted me to go to school really bad. Um, they, they, had, they had a lot of success in the horse races, and they had money for me and my other two sisters to go away to school, and I said I was going to take a year off, and that turned into training horses now for 16 years. So you never did go to school? <laughs> nope, nope. I went straight into, I think I moved uh, to this area when I was, I want to say 18 or 19, and then I used to go back and forth from uh, Owen Sound is where I grew up. I used to go back and forth, and that's, that's just how it I've been. I've moved down here. I think I've been down here for six years now. Now full time. When you, you know, when you grow up into it, and you get to a point, you probably have more experience, more knowledge at nineteen, twenty, than most people a lot older than you. Is it something that you just it was part of your DNA? You went to school as a kid. You played sports, and horse racing was the big thing outside of that. Yeah, yeah, you. I grew up, uh, I played a lot of sports. I missed a lot of weekend tournaments and things like that because of horse racing, whether my parents were away racing or whether I was uh, involved in the racing on weekends. But it never seems, even today, it doesn't seem like a job. It's That's something that's in your, I mean, 
if you're going to do this, you don't sometimes make a lot of money. You work a lot of hours, but for some reason, it, it never feels that way. It always feels like it's a passion. And, you know, I hope that you don't have to be born into that. But for me, that's definitely, I was born into that passion and, and I just, I love it. You're part of the Ontario Women's Driving Championship. What is it that makes you want to be part of that and to and to compete? For me, it's about other. It's about the future for me. I mean, I really whether it's for for me right now, it's it's obviously getting women involved. But I'm also a big believer in getting the youth involved, whether it be male or female, and anything that can build the future because. I was born into it. It was easy for me to get into it, but I don't think it's that easy for other people to get into it. And and maybe well, women's driving competition will bring young women and, you know, have that passion and be able to do something. Cause I think driving is a big part of it. Uh, a lot of people do just train or maybe do just groom, but when you are driving a horse and you, you feel what they give you on the racetrack, it, that it really sparks the passion in it. So I, I think about when you speak to the youth and you think about how trying to introduce young women to the sport that you love so much, what's your big selling point to them who are like, hmm, I'm not so sure about this, Julie. How do you convince them to take the step and be involved as much as you are? Uh, just come spend the day at the barn. Touch a horse. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I when I bring someone out to the barn, I try to get them on the jog cart right away and they either fall in love right away or they don't because the horse, they're such an amazing animal. <laughs> was there a special horse for you growing up that really got you even more attached? I know you had the family ties in that, but was there a, a horse as well? Uh, yeah, actually my first driving win. Um, his name was Six Man. And funny story, I... I didn't have a lot of money to buy. I actually couldn't afford a yearling that year, so I bought a weanling, and then I made a deal with my Uncle Larry that uh, Uncle Larry had a weanling that year, so he would raise them together for free, and then I would take his as a yearling, and I would train it for free. So long story short, he had the ups and downs of typical horse racing. He had injuries at two, injuries at three. Finally made it to the races at four years old, and... I drove him in my first race at Hanover Raceway, and he he won by eight lengths. And I, that that's what I mean by somebody sitting on a horse and driving them. I just sat there. He did everything, and it was just <laughs> it was an amazing feeling. I, I know you you were driving for a special charity as well for the women's driving championship. Let the listeners know about it. Why it's so important to you? Um. Well, I've been lucky. I haven't had. Um, you know, a lot of experience with cancer, which is, is nice, but it really hit home when Maggie Jones, um, when she announced to us that she had breast cancer. And what I realized is how many women go through breast cancer. Nobody even knows. They're so strong. I mean, Maggie, you know, postponed her treatments and raced with us. And it's amazing. Like a, I think you probably wouldn't even know, you know, being at the races every night, how many women have gone through it because they're so quiet and they continue working. And especially in our industry, I mean, you know, the horses have to be fed. The horses have to be continued to be trained all the time. And they're, it's the strong women that are always 
working through everything and keeping quiet. And I think this maybe gives them, like, I don't think we would have known if, if Harness to Hope didn't, if we didn't do this, we wouldn't even have known about Maggie. I think she would have been very private about it and continued on and been a strong woman. So it's nice to know, and it's nice to be able to help. Besides, you know, the uh, participation in the Women's Driving Championship, is there other ways to bring maybe younger girls into the sport, Julie? I, I really think that uh, harness racing as a whole has to get together and start youth. Um, I've been to Europe. I've, you know, I've traveled around, and Europe is amazing for the youth. You know, if you go to the Elite Lop, which is one of the biggest races in Europe, they have that day, the mini Elite Lop. And they're not just racing ponies. They have special, a special breed of young, smaller horses that younger uh, people drive, and it really gets them involved. And I think we we need to start doing that. We can't just depend on on people like me that are grown up in it. We have to get people involved. And I'm a big believer that for women, like when I started driving, I probably wanted to start driving when I was 18 or 19, but at that age, I was so shy to drive with men that I actually didn't get my driver's license till I was 30 when I was over all that. And I think when you start the youth off, you know, when they're 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, they, they're still equal with boys. It's just like, you know, when we play sports in co-ed when we're younger. And I think if we can get young girls out and even and young boys out and doing things when they're youth, they, they grow up with so much more confidence to be in the business. How difficult it is to switch your mindset from the Julie Walker, the trainer, to the driver? Well, I think that's my biggest weakness. Uh, I drive, I look at the horse's position, I look at how he raced last week, I look in the class he's in, and I drive him according to, I don't want that horse, you know, to be overdriven just because it's a driving championship. So I think that's my biggest weakness in the driving competition. I I know, you know, we're, we drive, we're supposed to be driving to win and drive for the points, but I also want to take care of the horse. So I have to get that mindset that I, I am a driver. I'm not a trainer this week. <laughs> and uh, drive as hard as I can. You know, it's not necessarily how hard, but what's right for the horse to get him the most money he can. I, if I see a horse that maybe is overclassed this week or, you know, has a bad hole this week, I try to go for the fourth or fifth points because they're still good points to get. Indeed, Larry. So, speaking of the competitive nature, Julie, and the driving championship, uh, will you only be satisfied by winning the entire championship or finish second or third? What's what's your goal? Obviously, to win, eh? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it'd be amazing to win. But overall, like, I was really happy this weekend with finishing third. I mean, Natasha's one of the best. Marielle's one of the best. I mean, and I beat some of the best. I mean, Marie Claude is, she just had that. I got good horses. I, I was really impressed with all the horses and the way they raced. Uh, Marie Claude had some bad post positions. I think you'll see her come up in the standings quite a bit because she drove really well. She just had bad post positions. Julie, an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us now, Larry. Friend of the show. Friend of the show, yep. Friend of the show. So coveted status. We look forward to having you on again down the road, and good luck with the Women's Driving Championship. Thank you very much.
a pleasure. After the break, Larry Simpson looks at some racing action today around North America, including Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, and of course, some racing at several other North American tracks. So make sure that your HPI counts and Dark Horse app are ready to work overtime today because you better stick with us for Larry's coveted Ponies Fix today, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. We'll be right back. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Discover a new breed of excitement with Live Horse Racing. Ontario Racing represents 15 racetracks where you can experience the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing. To find the racetrack nearest you, go to OntarioRacing.com. New to betting? Check out our Betting 101 page and learn about the HPI Bet Wagering Platform and the Dark Horse app. The best and safest online betting options. Get your horsepower at OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing. Three breeds, one vision. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA promotes the exchange of ideas to further advance, market and preserve live racing in Ontario while offering new thoroughbred ownership opportunities. Membership to the HBPA is free for owners and trainers. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Alrighty then, before we wrap up our show, of course, what would Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine be? Without a couple of possible betting opportunities and potential smoking hot betting gems, as Larry gives us his much-anticipated, always productive and profitable Ponies Picks Today, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. Larry, take it away. What was that song by Queen, Under Pressure or uh, something? Oh, uh, yes. And David Bowie, yeah. Or David Bowie, And yeah. Queen, yeah, they duet. Yeah. yeah, they did the duet. So, yeah, that's what I What do you mean? Like. You come through all the time. Under Pressure. Under Don't pressure. sell yourself short, Larry. Oh, okay. All right. Let's, uh, you know, blinkers on. Let's get focused here. <laughs> 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 Excuse me. Uh, Woodbine has a 10 race card today, and race four is a maiden special weight. Uh, it's one and a quarter miles on the turf course, which is, that's great. You know, uh, a turf race, one and a mile. Uh, and a quarter. And a quarter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Three-year-olds and up, purse of uh, 123200 $200. That's great money, right? Uh, number seven, Opus North, was four wide on the first turn and then three wide again during his last race, which was back on June the 29th. And that was only at a mile and a sixteenth on the inside turf course. Now, Opus North, despite uh, being wide the entire trip, was able to close for third, and he was only beaten two and a half lengths. Uh, today he gets to go, as we say, a mile and a quarter on the E.P. Taylor turf course, 
and he should appreciate the extra distance and also the E.P. Taylor's uh, sweeping turns. Uh, Opus Norris shows to uh, five, two good five furlong workouts, sorry, and that last race on June 12th, which also happened to be his first of 2022, so I think he should be a little bit tighter, like having two races back yeah, now, yeah, yeah. back and forth, back and forth. So I like him. Woodbine, race four, number seven, Opus North. Good. Next. Ellis Park has a nine race card today. Race nine is a maiden special weight for fillies and mares, three-year-olds and up, and it's on the turf at a mile and an eighth. Number nine, Miss Everything, is a three-year-old Tisnell filly who dabbled in grade three stakes races earlier this year in California including a third-place finish in the uh, St. Isabel Stakes at Santa Anita. Miss Everything was off from March 6th until June the 30th, where she returned in a one-mile-and-a-sixteenth stakes race at Churchill Downs, a race that saw Miss Everything be bet down to 5-1 to one for some reason and race basically five wide most of the race, so she really had no chance in there at all. Um, if anything, that race was, uh, in what racing terms, we call it a tightener, and since that race, Miss Everything has showed a good 48 flat breezing work over the Ellis Park dirt. So uh, she should like that surface that she's on today. And uh, and today will be Miss Everything's first race on turf, a surface that she's actually bred for. And her trainer, Keith DeSarmo, has high percentage numbers for first on the turf and horses going dirt to turf. So Ellis Park, race nine, number nine. Miss everything. I like what you're doing in Kentucky there. What's next? Okay, well, let's go to California. The lights. Yeah, California's next. Uh, uh, Delmar has an 11 race card today, and race three is one mile on the turf for three-year-olds and up with an optional claiming price of $40,000. Number two, Kara Katzi, who was my pick uh, at Gulfstream uh, a month or so ago. I'm going to say it was last seen at Gulfstream Park in a small stakes race, but that was over the Tapita surface, which uh, produced a fourth-place finish for Karakatsi. Last year, this filly finished a good fourth at Del Mar in the Grade 2 San Clemente Stakes, which happens to be on the turf and also is at today's mile distance. Oh. And of interest, the San Clemente Stakes goes as race 11 today at Del Mar. So think about it. It's same day almost, right? This is, so. th- ladies and gentlemen, this is why we listen. Continue later. <laughs> well, Kara Katzi has a win at the distance, goes first Lasix today, which is a big move for the trainer. Another first? Yeah, and has two good works since her last uh, start. And as I said, that was over the Tapita surface at, uh, at Gulfstream. So I think essentially the Del Mar turf course suits this horse today. She should uh, have, you know, a pretty good trip, I would say, fingers crossed. So Delmar, race three, number two, Karakatsi. And to wrap it up? Finally, we got Woodbine Mohawk Park. They have an 11 race card tonight. Race four is a one-mile pace for a purse of $22,000. Number four, Powertrain, looks to finally be rounding into form, which saw him win five of 11 last year and earn over $201,000. Um, last week, Powertrain raced from off the pace to close in 25 and four. Hmm. Finished second, beating a neck. Uh, this was his best race, you could say, since about May the 7th. And when this guy got good last year, he kept good for going good for quite a few races in a row. So uh, I like the fact Trevor Henry drove this guy last time for the first time, and he seemed to get along with the horse. He's back today, so we have the second-time driver angle that we talk about. 
So in, in looking for, I'm looking for good effort from powertrain tonight. So Woodbine Mohawk Park, race four, number four, powertrain. Outstanding. As always, thank you to our friends at uh, Fans of Horse Racing and Mark. And thank you for all the shares on social media. Uh, we're getting a lot of response from people who love, of course, Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. And we appreciate the response and mm-hmm. all the retweets and all the comments and that. So please keep them coming. As always, thank you for joining us for this edition of Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. A reminder, if you'd like to receive a free digital copy of the current issue of Ponies 24-7 magazine, which is a thing of beauty, uh, email Larry Simpson at the Ponies 247 experience at gmail.com. Please don't forget about the Ponies 247 Lymphoma Canada campaign don't horse around with lymphoma. For more info on this, go to the landing page, lymphoma.ca slash ponies. Even though the silent auction's over, you can still donate to the cause. Stick around with 105.9 The Region all week along. The legend and rumors up next with the Feed York Region's only magazine show. I will not be back here Monday morning. I'm off for a week of family vacation time. I'll be back soon. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine with Jim Lang and Larry Simpson has been brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8 for more on the world of horse racing. This is 105.9 The Region.